Hi guys, welcome to CLD Talks. I'm your host Connor Maxwell. This is part two of the conversation that we had with Larkhall Community Network. And during this conversation, they take us through some of the statistical information that they have gathered over the course of the programme and also what the future holds for Larkhall Community Network. So I hope you enjoy. Here's part two. Well, the stats we've got for April, October, we've October it quite down a wee bit, so we've got stats still to come for October up to this present day. So I've done for April to October, so there was like 250 Halloween bags went out to local people. The 133 sanitary products were, were given out. 646 prescriptions delivered by tour taxis. 490 vitamins were given out to families. There was 40 signposts, so that could be a money matters, to cab, whatever was needed. They were signposted to people. If we couldn't help them, we signposted them to people or got people to contact them through the phone. Yep. 1,209 pick-me-up bags. I couldn't get the number out of my head there. <laughs> 170 Indian meals. 2,250 golden vouchers were given out and that was for people to go down and, uh, with their kids and try and pick them up as well. Um, they were given out in the schools and uh, local people. 139 flower deliveries, 5,457 meal deliveries. That was like Mr T's meals where, as I said before, it was collated with the, the network. Um, uh, so 1,700 soup and sandwich deliveries for Supreme Snacks. We had eight kids' meals free for uh, free for two. For two kids, they get two meals, and that was a competition that was running. Uh, 67 chippies uh, for frontline workers. Um, 13,272 call-line calls. 1,000-plus um, activity bags for kids. 100 Scott Crest vouchers delivered to families and schools. 3,400 farm food vouchers delivered to schools and families. And that's still continuing to this day. We've got more Scott Crest, more farm foods, we've got ASDA vouchers. And these are all still getting delivered to help the schools, along with packed lunches donated for ASDA getting delivered to the schools to help out the schools that we pick up every Wednesday. So. The list goes on and on, and we're back running to the adopt a neighbour and the pick me up bags because we thought the food bags doesn't sound right now. And we then started bringing in the food bank to get food out to people who were in need. So we said, right, pick me up bags is nicer because we can get a nice pick me up bag like flowers and Easter egg and that. And it doesn't need to be the food, the food can go through when we started working in with the food bank that can go through that way. So it continues still on, and that's just figures up to October. But also, obviously, you're going to have more figures than that coming because it's still constantly going on. Yeah, definitely. And even the, the amount of work that happened at Christmas, which was, there was so much effort and so many deliveries and Christmas meals that get put out there, then but if you just the numbers alone just for six months, that it's so, so many, you know, and like... You did. It wasn't until you, um, it was the presentation evening that I'd even realised like the level either, and I was just totally blown away by just how much actually get done. Even though being part of being in the conversations and meetings, you don't realise until you see it like that. And it's, you should be so proud of yourselves for being able to do all this. I 
things I didn't say earlier about the partnership is that we're, we're really covering to cradle to grave. And that's why these numbers are so impressive, because it doesn't matter if you were a young family or you had young kids or you were an older person. There were people around the table who worked with older people. There were people around the table who worked with the full community, people who worked with young people or um, youngsters. Or it doesn't matter what it was. There was somebody around the table dealt with that. So we have got a proper cradle to grave coverage, and that's been a real bonus. It allowed us to make sure that, as I said, no matter what it was that came in, there was somebody around the table could pick that up or knew what to do or knew who to speak to to get that need met. Down the road to Christmas corner, you've got the 100 senior citizens bags and the 100 uh, senior citizens lunches that went out. And then you've got all the schools that get the toys delivered and tour taxis collecting toys. And then you've got all the vouchers, Terry and Nancy went around the schools. There's so much that you can add in, but their numbers have still to be but if you had to go down that road there's so much and there continued as I said 76 pick me up uh, flowers and easter eggs have went out and we've got the easter egg competition again out there so it's just astronomical the amount that's still actually going on in the backgrounds yeah it's it's incredible the numbers are just incredible I've never really been a numbers guy but then when I seen them I was really like wow like that's that's so impressive so where are you now with Lark All COVID Rainbows, Lark All Community Network? Basically, we're um, we're still going. As you've said, there's still lots happening. We're not through the other end of this yet. yet. And as we know, the, the whole, the repercussions of this are going to last for years. So communities are going to take a while, I think, to, to get over this. And one of the focus, uh, focuses obviously is going to be mental health. But where we are now is the network. Lots of uh, new folk have come across our path and want to come along to our meetings since um, September, October. In fact, I think the last meeting uh, we had the, the head of the Health and Social Care Partnership who had heard about us and, and wanted to, to find out what was going on in the town and what uh, who we were and what was happening. And um, I think that's a plus because uh, if the public authorities are recognising that there are things happening in the community that we can work together with in order to deliver services and make things better, then that has to be a plus. It's early days, but I'm kind of hoping that uh, the performance of the community sector, the third sector over the year in our local areas across Scotland will actually raise awareness and there will be eyes opened in certain places when budgets are cut, that perhaps there's stronger partnerships can be built with the, the third sector on the ground in order to, to do things a wee bit differently. So that's, I think, uh, hopefully something that can come out of all of this, out of all of this pain, if you like. But I think we've, we've recognised the need to have a governance structure in place. So we're working on that at the moment including membership, because at the moment it's anybody who wants to, who do, who's doing anything on the, on, in their, our communities, then come along and see if we can help, or if there are people around the table that you can work with in order to deliver something that's stronger and, and, and more robust. Um, uh, what we've learned, <laughs> there's lots of lessons that we've learned along the way. And I think when, when there's a need, one of the key things for me is when there's a need, people come together. People come out, they see uh, this was a, a wide, it affected everybody. So there was lots of people who came up to the plate and said, uh, what can I do? And I think for me, in order to, to get the, the best out of that, we have to have a structure in place to allow it to happen. As Terry says, um, the loads of people came and volunteered to Vaslan when the, uh, the NHS uh, said we, we need volunteers. 
and there was something like 1500 folk I think but at that time the volunteering opportunities weren't there so with hindsight um, we're very fortunate now we already have that structure in place so should we be facing anything similar in the future we would be able to do something with it because that structure's in place now and uh, I think we've learned from that process uh, it's I think also it's crucial to look after each other and our volunteers all the way through as we've said people have had personal things going on in their own, own life because this this the pandemic affected everybody and I think we we had to really be aware and keep an eye open for folks who are maybe struggling a wee bit or needed a wee bit of a, a boost or just needed a week off uh, when they had been volunteering every day or, or whatever for a period of time so we had to be careful with that and I think we had to build on the community spirit and the local desire to help we, we sort of used that as a key um, to value people as Terry's already used that phrase and I think that was when some things were being delivered to people's door it wasn't because they were vulnerable or because there was a need that wasn't the, the vocabulary that we were using we were saying you're getting this because you're a valued member of this community and I think that was that was the key because labels are um, not good in these situations and as Sandra said everybody was in the same boat everybody was struggling to a certain extent I think for me, um, the public, private and community sector relationship in this project has shown amazing potential. And um, I think it's, it's at the moment it's untapped. And I think it's got the a tremendous value if we can actually keep building on that and um, work something through so that all of us are involved in building a community from the ground up. Um, so I think there's there's an area of work that needs to be done there. So uh, that's certainly on our radar. And I think having a, a, a good structure now in place, which will get better as we go through the whole memorandum of understanding. I think having the right people in the right places um, has been amazing as well. And I think that will hopefully will continue going forward. But there has to be a sustainability in all of this. It can rely on the four of us uh, on the screen here. It has to be wider than that. Um, and I think that's what we're, we're trying to work on now. Um, there was two challenges, I think, well, I want to just uh, uh, highlight two challenges and how, how we handled them. One of them was the activities that, that were actually, everybody, COVID was there and everybody wanted to help. And what happened was there were activities happening in the, the community that weren't directly under our control. And um, which is great because people wanted to help but we had to bear in mind that um, our organisations were involved in this and there was reputational risk potentially if something went belly up or it was got into the newspapers and something went wrong um, uh, because there was folks doing things under the auspices of COVID but they weren't directly uh, working with us. So that was something that we were very aware of early on. And also, it's already been said that we had no time for volunteer induction, no time for volunteer sign up or volunteer training. So it really was on the job. And um, it really was a question of uh, when, if, if, if and when there was an issue, as Terry said, there was security or safety, then we had to uh, jump in and actually make sure, like, don't go into anybody's house to the volunteers. And we know that um, that might have happened because people felt if somebody said at the door, can you come in and just help me to lift this or something? And the volunteer just felt, oh, well, really, yeah, I better do that. So we have to we have to reinforce all of that for safety, for safety, because we, we couldn't have these folk making the effort to volunteer and help others and then being sick. 
So these were kind of things we had to, uh, we were challenged with very early on and um, it was, we had to be very careful with that. So that's where we are going forward. Yeah, and it's, it'll be dead exciting, I think, especially for the membership happening and looking at governance with the um, Lark Hall Community Network and how that takes shape, because we just know that's just going to benefit the town. Mm -hmm. yeah. One of the things that we recognised round about the point where the, the funding finished at the six months um, was that was kind of reflected again of what had happened and we decided that what's going on here is maybe a wee bit of magic and we don't want it to stop now, we want it to continue. So at that point we changed the name from the Lap Call COVID Network, um, Rainbows, the Lap Call Community Network, so that people could recognise the fact that what we were about as a network wasn't just about COVID that we wanted this to continue. So um, that there had to be some kind of future proofing and long-term aims and direction for us as a partnership. So um, the first thing that happened was we changed the name, the Lack Hall Community Network, so that it's not directly linked to COVID. Um, we, we started working with Jeremy McLaughlin from P4P around structuring the, the Lack Hall Network and giving it a proper framework. Um, and what we're hoping that will do is uh, we've all worked in partnerships before and we've all been in situations where you're working with somebody and they move job and then that partnership falls through because your partnership wasn't with the organisation, it was with the person that worked there. So what we're trying to do is make sure that doesn't happen here. So th th what the framework will do is it will give it some structure and it's all our organisations will then sign up to the new memorandum of understanding so that the, the network has that future proofing in it. So this time next year, if any one of us isn't in a job, it won't matter. If I move somewhere else, LDVG is still tied into this network. It's still very clear what our role is, and it's still very clear what the links are with the network and the community. So that's a big piece of work that the steering group are doing just now to look at what that memorandum of understanding looks like, what framework um, suits us best, and, and really where it grows from there. So that's a, a big bit of work we're doing just now. The other thing that we've recognised is that now that the skills are back and the teachers are kind of back, um, it's easier for us to link in with the schools to access the, the families that are most at need rather than us trying to find them in the communities. So that link with the schools has been strengthened um, so that the funding that's available, any resources we have that's available, we're able to link in now with the schools and then they're distributing it on our behalf to make sure that the, most, the families most in need are getting the help that they need because the last thing we want is a family going to a school, telling them what it is that's wrong, and then having to go to like, a youth centre or then the network, or then they want to just come to one person and tell the story that one time. So that communication network between the schools now being opened up so that we can make sure when they hear this, this story, they can tell it to us and we can then supply whatever it is they need to help them support that family. And I guess we're just still going forward and we're still offering the support. So, as Nancy said, the, the mental health is a big thing. Um, our LDVG run a call line, and one of the things that we found, or the volunteers found, um, making these calls to especially older people during the pandemic is that mental health has been a big issue. People have really struggled being inside, not getting to see their family, especially those that live on their own. Um, and that's where like, our volunteers turning up with the lunches, or our volunteers turning up with a picnic bag has made a big difference to people. And if you listen to some of the stories that the volunteers tell you now, I mean, we've all been reduced to tears listening to some of that information that's come through because it's heartbreaking. 
Um, and to know that that five minutes that a volunteer spent talking to somebody on their doorstep was the highlight of their day and made the difference for them has just been um, really humbling for us. So that's things that we want to continue. We want to continue with the, the mental health um, support. We've already started linking in with the new GP community link worker um, so that she knows who we are, what it is we do, so that when she's coming across patients in the community now, that she feels needs to be a bit of support. She knows who we are and she knows what support she can get from us to make sure that that goes on. So by changing our name, what we're doing is, if we're looking at this kind of structure, what we're doing is we're, we're looking at the future. We're looking at what happens post-COVID because COVID's not, well, fingers crossed, COVID's not going to be with us forever. Um, and there will be other things that will come up in the community in Lapcall where they will need support and help. So what we're hoping now is that this network will now there be the, the vehicle that people will use to do that. So no matter what it is, it comes to us and it might be that one part, one of the partners picks it up or a couple of the partners pick it up, but it will certainly open up more joint work, joint funding bids, um, lots of new stuff to come. And hopefully more positive, upbeat, happier things that we can get involved in going forward. Yes. Definitely. And um, hopefully as well, face-to-face -face and no through oh, Zooms. The first time yeah. I seen uh, Terry when I went to the garden to drop something off, and it was like, "Oh, you've got legs! What <laughs> you just showed on my head? <laughs> it's unbelievable." Because if you forget, people are not just a head on a screen. It's and, and when we had the, the the Disney Day, and some of the members of staff from uh, some like the council and the NHS came along and dressed up, and it was like, "Oh, you're actually a lot shorter than what you were. You're taller. <laughs> you've got freckles. You don't see that on the screen." <laughs> <laughs> it will be nice to meet you up face to face. <laughs> it will be. It will be good. It will be good. Um, so then you just you did touch on it just a wee bit there, but um, maybe a bit more broadly, what does the future hold for Larkhall Community Network? Well, as Sandra said, we want to establish ourselves as a value, a valuable resource to our community. So we're looking as. She also said we're, we're looking at structured uh, different models of working moving forward. Um, we want to establish something that um, will be here for many, many years. Again, when the personalities change, the actual network um, abilities and you know resources shouldn't change. Um, so. That's what we want. We want to be able to do whatever it is that is thrown at the community. And um, because together we can meet it individually, we could make a good go at it, but as partnership, as a partnership working group, um, we'll be able to do really anything that's thrown at us um, as a community. Um, we don't know what tomorrow's bringing, but hey, the network's going to be here. Um, we want to be able to, to meet short-term, medium and long-term um, jobs, basically. You know, um, obviously long-term will take an awful lot of planning um, and, and resourcing. Well, that's Nancy's skill. She is our planner. She has got that head that goes in places you, you can look at and say, where did that curveball come from? But because we don't think that way, she throws in all the curveballs. So we're able to, with the skills and talents around the group, is to be able to plan bigger and better things. Um, I think all the things we have touched on, like the town plan and the survey and everything shows 
the intent that we have, and it's been able, the network is going to allow us to build in that to better the community as the needs um, come up. And one of the things Sandra touched on it about joint funding bids and things, that's what we want to attract to LATPOL, is to show that LATPOL is valuable. The people of LATPOL and the ward of LATPOL, which is LATPOL, Ashgill, Netherburn and Dalsair are valuable. No matter whether you're fully employed or unemployed, whether you're at the end of the age scale or the beginning of the age scale, that's we see the community as valuable. It is a fantastic community. I am not a local. I am a, an incomer. Um, and I just see that Lackpole has got great value. And one thing with the network in the past year, there has been um, a few awards given which has allowed the network to be highlighted as a, a good and functional group of people. Um, it started off with the Provost Award. And again, I'm going to name her, but she hates it. This um, was given, don't you look at me like that, Nancy Barr. <laughs> um, this was given to Nancy Barr because awards, as you know, go to a person, but behind that person, just the same way as behind everything that we've been doing has been the network. Nancy received the Provost Award um, last year. There was to be a dinner in April of last year. Well, obviously that got cancelled. So we're st she's still looking for the dinner. Um, so Nancy got that, but it's a Provost Award for community work. Okay, that's there. So as a network, we can see there's a Provost Award attached to the network. Um, there's also the point of light that went to Mr. T from, um, from Boris Johnson. And I just I copied this off this morning and I just want to read you what was in the award um, from Boris Johnson. And it says this um, in a personal letter to Toyo, the Prime Minister Boris Johnson said, Every day, I write to thank someone in our community for their service to others. So today, I want to thank you for the thousands of meals you provided to support those isolating at home during the battle against coronavirus. Your tantalising assortment of African stews, curries, rainbow rice and jerk chicken had uh, had quite rightly made Mr T a legend in South Lancashire. On behalf of all of us, we have been fortified by your culinary delights. Allow me to thank you by naming you as UK's 1,439th point of light. Now, Mr T, I tasted his meals. Fantastic. He can cook, he can package, but it took a whole army of people to deliver it. It took the buses, the LDVG, it took the, the planning of the routes, it took the drivers, it took the volunteers, it took all that. So the award is great, but behind that is the network. Yep. Recently, we were um, we gained the SURF Award. And now the SURF Award, again, is for recognition of work done in the community, partnership working, recognising 
regenerate in a community. The suffer word is there. So moving forward, your question was, what does the future hold for Latcall Community Network? It holds as much as we want to put into it. But we've got a great platform that has been established over the year by people doing what comes naturally to them. But because of the partnership, we have made it bigger than for each one of us could have achieved individually. So sky's the limit, I think, was a comment that was put down. You better believe it, the sky is the limit and we will serve LADCO through the network to the best of our ability. On the platform of all these awards that have been established, they're good to refer back to, but they've happened. It's what awards will come for the people and the community to establish it well and recognise it for the value that LADCO is. So that's it's about making sure that you're sustainable and you're able to grow and develop and maintain that is what the, the mm -hmm. challenge is. So the amazing work has happened and now it's the hard job of, right, you've set the bar pretty high. So let's keep at the bar and let's push the bar up. Um, the one thing I learned starting to work in that call was the vision that rolled out to me first was so far on the horizon. I'm like, really? We can get there? But yeah, we can. I'll tell you, it was Nancy that rolled out the vision. She thinks big, you know, and the rest is run up and, you know, run behind her and catch up. But um, the vision is set out and we can do anything because we know that if we don't have the answer, we know someone that can give us the answer or give us at least point us in the right direction. So that is the skill and the talent that will be carried on into the future um, under Blackpool Community Network. Thank you, There's a thing, the, the one bit that I've missed out of all of this um, is about the relationships. So um, the last year has been really, really overwhelming for everybody. But in the steering group especially and, and throughout the whole network, we've all had to turn up to our own organisations um, and especially for us who are in um, chief officer roles, you have to turn up and you have to be positive and optimistic and lead your organisation and be enthusiastic about now these are just small hurdles just now. We're going to get through this. The future's going to be brighter. But that all takes its toll. If you're the person that's turning up day in, day out, being optimistic in a, in a situation where it's forever shifting sands, we didn't know from one day to the next what was going to happen. As we've already said, we all had things going on in our personal lives. We had elderly parents that we were having to support. We had children who had been homeschooled. There was a lot going on, as well as leading our own organisations and being part of the network. And COVID impacted everybody. It didn't miss anybody. But what we were able to do was we were able to turn on each other for support and guidance. Every week we met. Um, the amount of times I would send out a SOS, can we meet? Can you talk on Zoom? Can you can we catch up on Teams? Just to have that chat and say, this is what's happening right now. I don't know what to do. What would you think? Um, and having that sounding board where nothing was silly. Um, we were able to be totally honest and open with each other. And all we ever got was understanding and support and, and love, I have to say as well. There's been a lot of love shared within this group. Um, any 
previously perceived competition that existed between some of the, the third sector organisations in Larkhall has been blown out the water. It just doesn't exist. The competition isn't there. We've recognised that um, when we work together, we get so much more done and it actually enhances our own organisations. It doesn't detract from them. Um, but on a personal level, we have met week in, week out. We've had phone calls. When I, I, up just before Christmas, I was really struggling. Um, I think everything after the year we'd had just got on top of me. And I went to my door one day and there was Nancy and Terry standing with a hamper of fruit. And it just blew me away. That the thought to know that they were thinking about you and, and to just and Terry's very, very sly. She she messages and says things like, I'm sending you a Christmas card, what's your address? <laughs> <laughs> the next thing you know, the chaps at the door, and there they are, two wee drink rats standing in the rain, a big hamper of fruit today. Now we're sorry you're not feeling well. Here's some fruit to help you feel better and you need to get your backside back to work because we need you. <laughs> but it's that level of um, support that, that we've got from each other. It's just been outstanding. And I don't think we would have got through the last year. And as I say, I think there is this perceived, um, when people think we knew each other before, I didn't know Nancy and Terry. I knew Liz a wee bit from working with Community Links and my old job as a youth worker. I knew um, Terry and Nancy from, from doing their teas up at the, the, the Cancer Research or Macmillan one she's up in the garden and put them up to the garden. And because we've got a, a plot up there, but I didn't know them, know them, not to the level I do now. Um, and I know that there's nothing that I can't go to them about. If, I, if I'm struggling with anything, I know I can go and speak to them on a personal level or on a professional level. And I think having that open, honest relationship that's just, you're trusting people. And that's what we've had to do in the last year. We've had to trust each other. Um, and it's not, and that's why it succeeded because we have just had those conversations. Um, and what I will say is, every meeting we have is filled with laughter and fun and joking. And so we could have had the darkest week possible, but on a Friday, we meet on a Friday afternoon and we'll end the, the, the meeting having fun and laughter. Usually it's to do with somebody slagging Nancy about something. <laughs> See, it does tend to be the butt of most of the jokes, unfortunately, which is. I don't know why, because she is kind of the she is kind of the lead. We, we do look to Nancy to lead us, um, so she takes it all in very good faith. But we have a lot of laughter and a lot of fun, and I think that's what's kept us going. That good humour, because it's been a very very dark time. Can I just say at this point, even those laughs started one night when we found that on the WhatsApp group we could actually record our voice, <laughs> so we were sending. <laughs> sending each other these messages um, like, hello, how are you? And just releasing it and pick up the message and we're going, come on, Sandra, record something. And then this wee voice appeared in the recording, I'm no playing, and that was our Sandra. So even things like that, because that just picked us all up because... I was in my own, Nancy was in her own, Sandra was in her own, in rooms, doing stuff. Liz was locked at her dining room table some nights until 11 o'clock at night, answering phone calls. In an emergency, that's great. But once once that goes on for a wee while, you've then got to change that behaviour. And it's the behaviour changes when we look after each other. Mind you, some of us never learn. 
And I will step back from that statement because I'm the one that never learns and neither does Nancy Barr. But anyway, we're good preachers. We just don't practice what we preach. I think as well for us, I mean, as Terry said, like, none of us live in Larkhall other than Nancy. Well, Nancy and uh, Liz do, but Liz has been really the front face. She's been the one who's been out and about. We've all been stuck in our offices and that's been really frustrating. We're trying to coordinate your own organisation and coordinate the support the network from somewhere that, and you're not even in that same town. That's been really difficult and there's been a lot of times when I've felt a wee bit, you do feel isolated and, and there's been times where I thought I just want to jump in my car and drive to Larkhall so that I can be there and I can help. So and, and having that reassurance from other people in the network going, no, but what you're doing where you are in your office is 100% helping. We need you to be doing that. You concentrate on what it is you're doing because you do that best. And that's been great. But I think as well, being able to showcase Lark Hall in this positive light, I don't know anywhere else where this amount of community spirit has come to the forefront. There's lots of towns and villages across the country where community groups have popped up and they've done that they've supported their community. But I think we've taken it to a different level in Lark Hall because it already had so many subsector organisations. And I think that's key to what went on in Lark Hall. They have a lot of third sector organisations. They don't actually have a lot of um, public sector stuff. So, but most of the, like citizens advice, um, the money matters, the community, puny, they've all moved out. They maybe do um, drop-in sessions or they have these satellites within Larkhall, but they're not physically based there. Larkhall relies a lot on the third sector organisations that are there. And for us to be able to showcase how wonderful a place Larkhall is, because let's face it, it doesn't always have the best reputation. But we've been able to say, look at what we've done. Look at how the people came out their houses to help. They've got a great community spirit. It's a great place to live. It's a great place and um, place to work. And it's a great place just to be and be involved in. And I think that's been brilliant, being able to show that about Larkhall. And hopefully people will think twice um, and as I say, as Nancy said, we've certainly had a lot of people now coming chatting and saying, can we come to your meetings? And we're like, yeah, okay, if you want. Because they want to hear what it is we've done and how we've done it. And we don't think we've done anything. We just think, we just got on with it. We just did what we thought needed to get done to help the people that we work with. We don't think there's anything special in what we've done. And I think that's what makes it hard when people say, like, tell us how you did it. This is an We've been held up as an example of good practice. And we don't really know why, because... We are just doing what we do and what comes naturally to us. Um, and it seems to have worked. It's definitely Glow. worked. It's definitely worked. It's no seams, it's definitely. Um, obviously, um, the, the, we're now into March. Um, and I think one of the things I think we're, we're ready for is any future emergency that comes uh, our way, then we're in a, a better position to be able to mobilise quicker and have a clearer understanding of, of what to do and how to do it. One of the other things, as Sandra mentioned, that we've been working on, uh, we got a subgroup together of the network group to do to look at social prescribing and how, as a network, we can actually um, help and um, let the community link workers actually engage with the local organisations to use the facilities that are already there and the activities that are already there. So we pull together a report and um, the, the girl who's got that job is, is uh, very grateful for that. Um, we did a community survey a couple of years back and we're producing an action plan and part of that was the town centre. 
still lots of comments about it being drab and needing regenerated and, um, and needs some brightening up. So we've secured some money to, to put some flowers in and, and do a feasibility study for community space and things. So the while Lackall Community uh, Plan Partnership was the organisation that, that started that, it's the right place for it to sit underneath the network because there's more organisations that can participate in making it happen. So there's value in, in having that. And in the future, the whole big area of participatory budgeting where um, there's there's going to be an opportunity for the local community to actually spend get to spend the money on what they want as opposed to what the public authorities think that we need. So um, there's a lot of good things coming from that in the future. How it works, we're not sure, but we're up for it. And we've already said we're happy to be a pilot if MT wants to come and talk to us. But one of the main things for me going forward is that we're a single point of contact. And I think people coming to us and saying, okay, let's talk to you as opposed to going and talking to 20 organisations because the 20 organisations sit under the banner. And I think that um, for me going forward, that is a, a real plus and um, it's really exciting uh, as to where we might end up next year at this time. Because I have to say, I'm one of the people that go, oh, I've been thinking, I've had a great idea. Why don't we think about this? But then I don't always have the, the bit underneath it the, about how that comes into place. And then I think that's where this network's brilliant because there are people that fill those gaps. And Nancy as well, Nancy, say, Nancy says we've been thinking, I've seen this thing, we all go, no, no, <laughs> that, no. Because <laughs> they know it means more work for us all. <laughs> but I think the that terminology, The terminology is crash helmets on. <laughs> but I think we've all got... Um, visions about what we think would make Lark Hall a better place to live and better for the community. And now we've got the platform to do something about it because we can bring our dreams and our ideas to the network and say, I was thinking about this, what do you think? And um, they're very good at saying, Nancy and Terry and Liz are very good at saying, no, that's your way off. Or, so that's a fantastic idea, but let's pack it. That's maybe six months down the line or that's something we should do now. So it's good that we can work together and see that vision through as to where we want to go. And I think these things will happen. I think Lark Hill is going to be a much better place for having this network there to support it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, totally is. Me and Nancy always say yes anyway, but Terry and Sandra's, they're the body snappers and say no. <laughs> you say I am. Nancy and Liz are the nice ones and Terry and I are the not so nice ones so if you get a meeting with Nancy or Liz you're all right if it's Terry and I that are sent in you know there's trouble <laughs> definitely reschedule you <laughs> two keep us right excuse me I represent that remark <laughs> Liz Jameson has got the biggest heart in the world and Liz yep. would say she worked seven days a week 22 hours a day. I don't know how she was still standing through all of it. Mm -hmm. And we are eternally great. We're not, I mean, I know Sandra, she wasn't great. standing. She was leaning on her crutch. <laughs> on her crutches. But Liz has got such a big heart and she would often say, oh, this, and, and there'd be a few times we'd say, no, Liz, we just can't. We would love to, but we just can't. Um, and sometimes you need that balance. Otherwise, I, Liz would be feeding and taking on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> But it's hard, it's hard listening to this. It's, that's the thing, I think. It's been so hard listening to the stories and um, the, the people. I mean, one of the, the volunteers recently told me about the Christmas hamper where 
they went to a wee old man and he was just, he kept saying, no, this isn't for me, Hen, I don't know what this is for. And then when they realised, they said, no, you've been nominated by your community to receive this food hamper to see you through Christmas because we know you might struggle. And the wee old man just burst out of tears. And that story is replicated right across the board. Be it a pick-me-up pack that's been out or a food hamper or a hot meal that somebody wasn't expecting. These people have just crumpled because they've been so grateful that somebody realised they were struggling or that they were just a wee bit down. Um, and that's what's kept us going. When you hear these stories and you think, that's why we're doing this, because it means something to the people in our communities. Yeah, and you know you're, you're making a difference. So, yeah. 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 Definitely. And um, we've got eyes and everywhere, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> because there are so many organisations around the table, I mean, there are, there's, you're hearing stories, be it a young person, a family, an older person, you're hearing the story. Um, I, I mean, we're not obviously getting to everybody, but we're getting to a huge majority of them, so that's been, that's been brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And as it grows, there will be more people. And as things sort of develop and we come out of COVID and there's a focus on new things, like the sky's the limit, like you said. Although I think we might need to keep it as a Zoom meeting because I don't think we can physically fit the amount of people that want to come to the meetings around the table in any of our buildings. But maybe it's the Zoom meeting just to accommodate everybody. By the way, I never even thought of that. That's. It would be the biggest part bring your own gazebo. So what we'll do is we'll take you just to the last question just now. So um, so last question is just what advice would you give to someone looking to start a career in CLD? My advice would be to volunteer. Um, I started off my career in CLD in youth work and did youth work for over 20 years before moving to working with older people in Larkhorn District Volunteer Group in a community capacity. And I have to say, I thought working with older people would be easier than working with younger people because it was generally um, teenagers I worked with. That is not the case. Teenagers are much easier staying youth work. They're very, um, yes, <laughs> they can be quite difficult. Um, but my, my advice to anybody starting off in CLD would be to volunteer because CLD encompasses so much from youth work to adult learning to um, community work, anything. It's really vast in what it does. So you, you have to go to your work for a long time. You're going to be, especially young people starting off now, they're going to be working until they're probably 80 or 90 the way that, that it's going. So you're in your job for a long time. You need to find something that you're passionate about and that you love. So I would say go and volunteer, try out a, diff a couple of different things and then see where you want to work because I would have said I wouldn't have moved out of youth work. I loved doing youth work. Um, but now I love what I'm doing now. I see the difference I make to older people in the community and, and to the wider community with the work that we're doing in Larkhorn District Volunteer Group. And that's just as important and just as impactful as what I was doing as a youth worker. So find what your passion is and follow that. Volunteer anywhere, church organisations, youth groups, uniformed organisations, help them just help out your old neighbour in your street. Whatever it is, find something that you can try and see. And don't, uh, I think as well, don't become fixated on, I'm going to become this person. Try, your career will start. I started off as an IT of all places. I can hardly work computers now, but my career started off as an IT. My HND was in business computing. That's not where I wanted to be and it's not where I've ended up. And I love what I'm doing now. So I think you've got to try things and, and don't set yourself 
I think people um, get fixated on by the age of this, I'm going to have achieved this. I'm going to do this in my career. Don't get fixated on that. Your, your career is going to be a winding path that will take you where you need to go. Be open to opportunities and be open to trying things. Well said. Well said. Same to get anything else in they'd like to add in? Yep, just the same as Sandra said, volunteer opens so many doors, you know what I mean, for you, because that's how I'm in a, a, being a development worker, because I, my status, Sandra, you started as IT, I started as a chef, and then volunteered in play schemes, which opened up to the SVQ2 play work, and it led me on to do my being childhood practice, which led me on to my uncle saying, oh, join Community Links, they've got Pride a Place, and, and they Pride a Place, joined that, and then now I'm a community development worker. It's just so many paths and volunteer opens so many doors. And if you're volunteering, it opens a door to something else. And, and that's how, you're, as Sandra said, your path just goes different ways, you know what I mean? I think the only thing I want from, from, from something that everybody has said, what's coming across my mind is that um, every single thing that we do involves a person. It's all about people. It's about individuals. It's about helping. It's about... Um, even just cheering up. It's about giving support where it's needed to help someone get through their day or their week or whatever. And I think that's the beauty of what we do. It's making a difference in the lives of individuals as opposed to what I used to, where I used to work before. It was all companies and, and whatever. Whereas this is so much more rewarding because it's people. And I think we sometimes we forget that, but it's really, really important to get back to the roots and recognize that while we're doing all of this stuff, it's actually uh, for the benefit of individuals. I think um, part of my history, just as Nancy was speaking there, was 16 years delivering restorative justice courses. Um, obviously, it was to offenders. Um, but what came out of that was, no matter what your history has been, you can change your future. So it's investment in people. It's about saying, okay, if we are all judged by our less than finest hour in our life, there'd be no hope for us. What we need to be doing is investing in people so that they see the value in themselves first. And that, once they recognise the value in themselves, then they can change the people that are around them because they'll treat them better. So in the restorative justice courses, it was always about the individual taking responsibility for what they've done and living with it because you can't change it. You've got to use it as a powerful tool for the future to change the way you behave and then you'll find all round about you will start to change because your attitude's okay and you know who you are, what you're capable of and you choose not to do it, that thing that caused the problem in the future. And it's all about individuals. All our organisations, if it wasn't, if we weren't helping people, what's the point of doing it? Why would you, Connor, work for youth if it wasn't to try and benefit them? Exactly. And invest in them. So everything that we do, whether it's in our working life or our family life, you're investing in your children, your grandchildren, Trying not to repeat what you know is not the best thing to do <laughs> because of your own life experience. So, 
Yeah, um, as Sandra said, volunteer. I'm saying if I have an exception to a rule, it's always Nancy Bad as a default. What are you trying to say? I'm exception to every rule. <laughs> you, really, you really do go on, all right, Connor? We do go on. We actually, <laughs> we're the best of friends, but by jings, I give her a hard life. <laughs> That's why I, I'm who I am today. Grey-haired and locked in a room. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Connor, I heard a story when I just came, and I just we were just kind of all getting to know each other, and I heard a story that Terry said, Terry will talk away to people, but see when the photo opportunity, she'll shout Nancy over and leave Nancy to get in the photo and Terry's away. <laughs> 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 that, that's what's going on about me. I'm trying to engage with people and whatever. So, and when Terry calls me over, I, I go over and say, yeah. And then before I know where I am, I'm standing beside all these MSPs or whatever, and she's scarpered out the door. Smooth. That's smooth. Mm-hmm. That's what I call a consistent face. <laughs> you think I would learn, wouldn't you? You think I'd learn. Guys, thanks very much for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. Please head to the description where you can find more information about each of the organisations that have took part in today's conversation and make sure you follow us on Twitter at CLD Talks, where you can join the conversation there. Catch you next time.